Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today bestselling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. Hello there, and welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. How are you guys doing this week? I hope you've all had a great week of writing. So I thought I would start out today by giving you a dictation error. Um, If you don't know what that is, I dictate all of my writing into a recorder and then use Dragon software, that's what I'm currently using, to transcribe it. I do it because I I find that I can write faster that way. That's really the only reason. Um, A lot of people don't like dictation. There is an extra step that is a bit of a headache. But like I said, even with that extra step, I still found that I could write faster if I dictated. So that's why I do it, but it's a personal preference. There are plenty of writers who hate dictating and will never do it, and that's perfectly okay. Um, However, I do get some really funny dictation errors because it doesn't matter how well you enunciate, the software is still not going to pick up every word you write perfectly, okay? And I will admit, I'll be the first to tell you that Um, I do not enunciate very well, and I do tend to talk fast. Um, Those of you who have been listening to my podcast for a while know that I talk pretty fast, and especially if I'm not thinking about it. You know, a lot of times when I'm doing podcasts, I'll tell myself to slow down and, you know, enunciate my words and all of that, but when I'm writing fiction, I can get really into it. You know, I can get really lost in my scenes and what's going on, and then I just naturally start talking faster, and, you know, obviously that's going to be harder for the software to pick up the words correctly. So I have a lot of dictation errors and most of them, you know, they don't make any sense and you just have to, it's just like editing anything. You just have to go through and edit it. Um, But this one was really funny, this error. Every once in a while we get a really funny dictation error. Most of them are kind of stupid or, you know, there's like a swear word where you didn't actually say one because it picked it up incorrectly. But every once in a while you get one that's pretty hysterical. So in this case, I was writing about a particular bad guy. And he's a pretty icky, creepy type bad guy, okay? He's pretty serious. He's not funny. Um, And, you know, the reader really doesn't like him. And, you know, there's a lot of trepidation around him and uh, that sort of thing. And I believe what I was trying to say is that, you know, something surprised him and his eyes widened in surprise. And then at some point, you know, once he had kind of calmed down, relaxed, gotten over the shock of it, his eyes returned to their normal width. And I actually wrote that. I don't know if it was that exact sentence because I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like his wide eyes returned to their normal width. And for some reason, the software picked it up and transcribed it as his backside returned to its normal width. (laughs) And I went, huh. So at some point, the magic made his backside expand. Wow, I did not realize that was part of my story. So as you might imagine, that was pretty funny. And I have to write these down when I get them because I'm editing right there. So I'll fix it. It it obviously won't be that way anymore. So I usually write them down and give them to my um, critique group, which are all my other author friends. Um, So I told them about this and we all had a good laugh about it. Um, You know, the uh, jokes went on for a while. Uh, So anyway, I just found that on a slip of paper. This actually happened 
couple of months ago, I think, but I just found this slip of paper that had that written on there. And so I thought I'd share it with you as just a little uh, opening limerick, if you will. <laughs> All right. So um, in terms of the personal update, I don't have a lot on the TPA front. In terms of my writing, I am working on the fifth installment of Intercron. <laughs> my poor email list, my poor readers. Uh, this is going to be a do as I say and not as I do sort of moment. <laughs> so I've been working a lot the last year on getting the side of my business up that is helping authors, but that means I've been neglecting my readers a bit, unfortunately. And I, I've kept writing through all of this. Um, I, you know, because of my critique group, I have to write a chapter a week. And, you know, there are plenty of weeks that I, I didn't actually get a chapter written, but most of them I do, like more than three quarters of them. So I just figured, you know, I'll just keep writing. And then when I have time, I'll put the books together and get them published. But I literally have close to, well, it's not four, but close to three books that are written. They just need some editing and packaging and then to be published. And I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, so I've been telling my poor email list all year that I'm going to get these books out and I still haven't yet. So I feel really bad about that, but I kind of have a better handle now on the one side of my business. So I'm returning to my readers who some of them are so kind and so patient and they keep telling me they're so excited for these books and they haven't gotten mad at me for not getting them out yet. Um, so yeah, I'm working on Intercon number five that is almost done. It should be ready to go to the beta readers in the next week or two. And then after that, I'm going to get Dragon Magic out because I've been writing Dragon Magic for like four years. Um, a lot of that, it was very much on the back burner and I wasn't very intensively writing it, but I've been sending excerpts to that same email list for a long time. And I need to do a deep dive on that because that is working very well to get hype for the book going. I've had more people tell me that they are so excited for this book and when can they find it and where can they find it? You know, if they're new to my list, they'll be like, oh, I like this excerpt. Uh, where can I get the book? And I'm like, Haha. Um, about that. Uh, <laughs> it's not out yet, but I, I'm getting there. I promise. Um, so anyway, um, like I said, I'm finally making some headway <laughs> on my fiction writing, which I haven't for some time. So um, unfortunately, I don't have quite an accomplishment yet to say I've actually gotten something published, but I am working on it very purposefully. And hopefully in the next month or so, I will be able to tell you that I finally put another book out. It's been more than a year since I actually published a book. All right. So with that said, let's get into this episode. I'm actually very excited about to bring you this episode because I've had a lot of questions about this lately. Okay. So let's get to it. Okay. Five steps to a fiction writing habit. Here's the thing. When most authors start out, they just kind of write willy nilly whenever they think about it or feel like it, you know, kind of around their work schedule. And that's understandable because, you know, you're just getting started. And so of course you're not going to really buckle down and most of us have lives. We have jobs, we have families, we have significant others, we have other responsibilities. We can't just blow all that off and decide we're going to write for eight hours, right? <laughs> However, if you want to make writing a career, if you want to really succeed at this fiction writing thing, you have to turn your writing into a habit, okay? Just like anything else, if you want to be a runner, a serious runner that, you know, does marathons and runs every day, then you have to act like a runner, which means you need to be consistent about it. You need to block out time every day to practice, and over time, you'll get better and you'll become really good at it. Same is true of writing. Okay, so um, let me tell you a little story. Back in 2011, um, I was working at a small deli to put myself through school and I decided that year kind of independent I'll get back to the deli in a minute but independent of my job I decided that I wanted to read the Old Testament beginning to end now the Old Testament is very long so that is a tall order <laughs> but I really wanted to do it because I'd never done it before and I genuinely love the stories in the Old Testament because they're they're human stories you know they're really interesting they've got a lot of history in them but you can feel 
the personalities and the trials of the characters coming through the stories. So as a storyteller, I'm really fascinated by them. And of course, I am a Christian who wants to read the Bible and likes to read the Bible. Um, the thing is, the Bible's very, very long. Um, there were a few things that I did not plan to read. I mean, sure, I'd like to read it cover to cover just to say I did. But there were a few things that I decided not to read because there would kind of be no point. There's Songs of Solomon, which um, are pr pretty much just kind of dirty poems from the biblical era. <laughs> but the point is, they're not considered inspired writing. They're just something that got put in at some point. And then there's Chronicles. You have Kings and Chronicles, and they're pretty much the exact same stories repeated from a slightly different point of view. Um, so I read all of Kings, and then when I got to Chronicles, I really was just rereading the exact same thing again. <clears throat> So I didn't see the point in doing that. So the point is, I went through and there was a few things I figured I wasn't going to read. And I, you know, kind of discarded those in terms of what I planned to go through. And then I added all of the chapters up that I needed to read and divided them by the number of days I had to read them in. Um, I was going to do this over a year, but I was also thinking that I would probably not do it when I wasn't working. Now, back to the deli. I was working in a deli and um, my boss decided that there was a, a second building to where we were working that was kind of up the hill and not in the same location as the main deli was. And she wanted me to take food up there and sell to the people up there because most of them didn't come down to the deli because it was too much of a walk. So what we did is we just pre-prepared food like sandwiches and salads and fruit cups and things like that, put them on ice, took them up there and sold them. And we were really successful at that. So the point is I would go up there and sell food, but I just had to sit behind this little register all day and sell things. And so I had a lot of time on my hands. I would read and such. So this is when I decided to do my Old Testament reading. Um, so it wasn't unrealistic. I was going to have time every day at work to get this done. And like I said, because I didn't work seven days a week, I think I uh, figured five days in a week over 52 weeks, you know, I did the math. And with doing that, and even with cutting out a few books that I wasn't going to read in the Old Testament, it still was going to end up being like 11 chapters a day to get that sucker read by the end of the year. <laughs> okay. Like I said, the Old Testament is long. <laughs> um, but like I said, it was something I wanted to do. I was very dedicated to it. And it wasn't unrealistic. It wasn't like I didn't have time in the day to do this. Therefore, it's probably not getting done. No, I did. And by doing that, you know, there were plenty of days I didn't want to read or was a little tired of it or whatever. But it just became part of my habit. It became part of my day. And I actually did get it done by the end of the year. So the reason that I'm telling you that is that if you really want to create habit of any kind. Most people know the steps that need to be taken, okay? We need to, you know, set aside time, block it out so that we can practice at it, as I said. But it's also about breaking it into smaller increments so that we can achieve things. The biggest problem with uh, creating habits that most people have, in my opinion, is that they try too hard to go too fast, right? So it's like, okay, I've been sitting on the couch not doing anything physical for a year, but I'm going to run six miles tomorrow. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can come up with that and, and pull that out of somewhere and do it, but you are going to be miserable afterward. You're going to have blisters. You're going to be sore. You're going to be receiving complaints from muscles you never knew you had, you know, and you're going to be hating life and you're not going to want to do it again. Okay. That is because you tried to do too much too fast. So, one thing that I cannot stress enough is that if you want to do this, if you really want to create a writing habit over time, you need to do it in small incremental increases that are not going to burn you out. Okay. Most people burn themselves out and I've got another secret for you. It is much easier, believe it or not, to burn yourself out mentally than to burn yourself out physically. <laughs> you may not believe me if you've ever tried to run that six miles, but it's really true. Okay. 
You actually expend more calories when you're doing um, mental or intellectual work. And, you know, you can go veg on the couch after you run and watch Netflix and recover pretty quickly. But if you burn yourself out mentally or intellectually, it's a lot harder to get back on track, okay? And there's lots of different people who talk about this. Tony Robbins calls it chunking, right? Dividing things into smaller steps that are easier to achieve rather than trying to climb a mountain all at once, okay? People also call it micro productivity. And it's been proven that if you do things in small chunks this way, you actually are more productive and you increase, you um, get better at whatever it is you're trying to do faster, okay? So you can try to power through and say, okay, well, I'm just going to force myself to write 5,000 words tomorrow and the next day and the next day, and I'm just going to force it. And, you know, if you have enough willpower, maybe you can do it. But that's not very common. And forcing it actually creates negative pathways in your brain that makes you not want to do the thing as much, okay? I think I've talked about that before in the podcast. Any experience we have creates either positive or negative pathways in the brain depending on our emotions about it, right? So, for example, let's say you go on vacation and you um, go to some place you really wanted to go and you're really looking forward to it. But once you get there, you fall and break your arm. Well, you're going to look back on that as a really crappy vacation because you have memories of pain and um, not being able to do what you wanted and disappointment and all of that. Well, maybe a year later, you go back to the same vacation and you have a good time. You don't fall and break your arm this time, but you have a blast. You get to do everything you wanted to do and you have tons of fun and you hang out with your pals. Well, that's a completely different emotional experience and that will create a completely new pathway in the brain. So my point is, if you try to force yourself to do something that's too hard too fast, you will create these negative pathways in the brain and that makes it that much harder to go back and do it again. Whereas if you do incremental increases and then you have this you know, moment of satisfaction and pride that you did that, you'll want to go back and do it again, okay? And, and you know, I know that we all technically want to get our writing done, but I'm talking about on an emotional and a subconscious level. You need to train yourself. And that's not just about thinking I'm going to do this because how many of us think I'm going to get up and go running tomorrow and don't, right? <laughs> if it was just about thinking at one time, we would all be awesome at it. And, and that's not how it works. Okay. So now we, now that you kind of know how things work and why you should establish a fiction habit for long-term success, Let's talk about five practical steps you can take to actually establish this habit. I want to give you guys some action steps to take away from today. The first is learn to outline. I'm sure you're shocked <laughs> since I preach about this all the time. But once again, if you don't know what you're going to write, not only does it take you longer to write it, which is what I talked about last week, but it's more daunting. You know, if you sit down at the blank screen and the keyboard and you have no idea what's happening next, it's overwhelming. You know, you don't want, I mean, it's this prospect of having to write a hundred thousand word stories with dynamic characters and complex arcs and it's a, a great villain. And you know what I mean? It's, if you haven't already figured that out, then you're less likely to want to sit down and write. And believe it or not, that actually does come from fear of not knowing what to write. <laughs> okay. So you don't want to do it and you get up and do something else. So outlining, figuring out what you're going to write actually will aid in your writing habit because you will have a plan when you sit down to write. Um, it also gives you kind of an empowerment because it's just like anything else. You're not going out into the wild, blind, you know, not sure what you're going to do. But like with anything, if you have a plan and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to write. This is how many words. This is how long I'm going to do it for. I got this. You know what I mean? It makes it much, much easier to sit down and do it. And if you do it day after day, you're going to create that habit. So the first one is outline. The second one I would recommend is to time yourself. Everything's funner when it's a friendly competition. So 
grab your phone or a timer on your computer and time yourself and, you know, think of it like a writing sprint. You're just trying to outdo yourself. So I mentioned this last week, but maybe start by, I wouldn't say start by going artificially slow because, you know, you're not really hurting anyone but yourself doing that. But just start by going in a way, you know, start typing in a way that is relaxed and that you feel comfortable at that level, right? And time yourself and figure out how many words you can do in however long you can sustain it. So at first it might only be five minutes and then you might graduate to 10 minutes at a time and then maybe 20 and then maybe 30. Uh, most people don't do more than 20 minute writing sprints because they're just trying to get as many words as they can in 20 minutes, but then they'll take a break and they'll sit down and do that again. So they'll do uh, three 20 minute sprints or you know maybe six over the course of the day or whatever the case may be. But the point is if you time yourself, you can outdo your own time and get more words in and then you'll see how you are growing in terms of your word count. And that's actually really fun. And it can be really gratifying for you because you'll see your own improvement. All right, the next step, step three, is, is to only try to increase a small amount each day. So I've already talked about this a lot. Don't try to jump from doing 500 words a day to doing 5,000, okay? You're going to burn yourself out. But make attainable small goals. So if one day you write 500 words, go for 550 words the next day, okay? 50 words is like a paragraph, okay? So it's easy, even if you're totally like, done and you don't know what else to write, anybody can sit down and write a paragraph, right? And then the next day you can go, okay, well, I did 550, let's do 600. That's an attainable goal, okay? You're not jumping so much and it's only taking you an extra few minutes each time that you do it. So it's not going to burn you out and it's very, very doable. Okay, step four is to create a goal for when you're going to finish your book, okay? Um, I talked about this last week. If you know that you want to finish the book in three months, say, in 90 days, then every single day you'll know that you're chipping away at that book. And again, if, if you're just writing and you don't know when you're going to finish it and you don't have a particular goal in mind, you're more likely to not prioritize it or to do something else that, you know, in the moment seems you know, we're always going to say, oh, I got to do this more. Whether you do or not, you know, the point is, if you, whatever you prioritize, you will do. But if you know you have to have that book written in 90 days, then you're more likely to sit down and do it. And again, the more you do it day after day, the faster the habit will come. And if 90 days is too big, if it seems too far away, then do it less than that. Say, okay, well, I, uh, I want to write a 60,000 word novella and I want to do it in 90 days. If you divide that by three, as in three months, then I need to be writing 20,000 words a month. Okay, so then you sit down and every single day you add up your word count toward 20,000 and see if you can get through that 20,000 by the end of the month. That's my point. If you have a goal, something to work toward, it's much easier to sit down and write. And it's actually really fun to see if you can, you know, hit those little benchmarks that you've set for yourself. Um, okay, and step five is to meditate and manifest. Now, I'm going to tell you that... Uh, I've been doing a lot of meditation over the last just few months. I've gotten really into it, okay? Um, I know that it's not for everybody, but I would encourage you to try it. Uh, the book that I would recommend most highly is called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. I'm like recommending everybody that I know read this, and some of them just look at me funny because they're not really into that. But <laughs> he explains what meditation is on a practical level. It's not as woo-woo as people think. And unlike what Hollywood says, if you you know, meditates is sometimes called self-hypnosis. And if you self-hypnotize, no, you're not going to go into a trance and walk out in the middle of the road or go kill someone. I mean, it's not like that. All it is, is training your subconscious brain to do the things you want to do anyway. Okay. So it's breathing, being aware of your body. And for purposes of what we're talking about here, it's telling yourself, this is how many words I want to write. 
and I'm going to stick it out until I get them written. So from a practical standpoint, all I would recommend for you here is before you sit down to write, so maybe it's even when you sit down at your computer, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and visualize yourself writing as many words as you want to write, or as long as you want to write, you know. I, I always recommend people do it in word count rather than time. Um, so like say I want to write 2,000 words today, don't say I want to write for an hour, because again, if you don't have things planned, you can sit at your computer for an hour and only get a few paragraphs written, okay? So I think it's better to benchmark in terms of how many words written. Um, that's just my preference. You know, you can do it however you want. I'm really not the writing police or anything, but I think you'll be more productive if you do it that way. Anyway, so just when you meditate, sit down, take a few deep breaths, and tell yourself that this is how many words you're going to write, and you're going to keep going until you get there. All that does is it sort of trains your mind, trains your brain before you start to actually see the endpoint, and you're more likely to get there, okay? That's, that's really all it is, guys, okay? Because you're planning it, you're setting a purpose, and then you're going to do it. And it really does make a difference. Like I said, I've started meditating, and I've seen a difference in, in the kinds of things that I'm trying to accomplish. So... I don't know if you can hear that. My, my stepmom's dog is upstairs whining. Um, anyway, <laughs> I wonder if she got stepped on. That was like an all of a sudden a yelp. Anyway, so I would meditate to help you accomplish this more quickly and more efficiently. All right, so just to recap, the um, steps to create a writing habit. Number one, outline so that you already know what you're going to write when you sit down. Number two, time yourself so that it's a friendly competition. You know how much you're growing because you can see it over time. And, you know, it's just kind of fun. Number three, set goals for small daily increases. Very small, okay? Things that you can do, things that aren't going to burn you out. Preferably things that will only take an extra few minutes, but over time they will add up and grow pretty quickly. Um, four, create a goal for when you're going to finish your book so that you have something long-term to look for to look forward to and work toward. So you can do a 90-day goal, which hopefully is getting your book finished, but you can also break that into smaller goals, like monthly goals or weekly goals, okay? And five, meditate and manifest before you write. So just take a few deep breaths, tell yourself how much you're going to write, set the intention that you are absolutely going to write this much before you get up, and then you do it, and you're just more likely to have success that way, okay? So action steps. I would like you guys to sit down and do this. Um, you know, write down as much of an outline as you can. If you need help with that, you can always come join me in Storyteller Accelerator. But figure out your outline so that you already know what you're going to write when you sit down. I mean, I actually even use my 10 plot points from my uh, PDF to map out my scenes, okay? And that's not something that I actually teach in the PDF, but I just use those kind of as a guide so that it's kind of pulling me through my scene and, you know, the scene doesn't get boring or bogged down. Okay. So that way I actually know what's going to happen. I have the beats of the scene down before I even start to write. So again, it just helps you know what you're going to write. Um, anyway, so figure out what you're going to write, maybe time yourself. Um, think about how you can increase daily. So really sit down and figure out how much you're writing right now how many days per week, and how many words about you're getting per session. And you might have to sit down and actually time yourself and, and then look at your word count, figure that out. And then figure out how many more you could do a day. Could you do an extra 50 or 100 words a day? You know, just think about purposeful incremental increases, what will work for you, and maybe even set a goal for how for what you want to get to. If, if you could do absolutely anything, and you know, what would your optimal word count per session be? Do you want to write 2,000 words a session? Do you want to write 5,000 words a session? Do you want to write 10,000 words a day? Figure out what it is and then map out a little way and a certain amount of time. Again, it shouldn't be a week to get to 10,000 words, but 
a set amount of time in which you think you can get there and set some goals. And guys, even if you don't hit those goals, you know, my goal is to write 10,000 words a day within 90 days. Okay, maybe in 90 days, you're still only writing 4,000 words a day. But look at that, you're writing 4,000 words a day. So even if you don't hit it, and if it's going to take longer than you know what you think, so what? You're still increasing, you're still um, improving your skills, right? Um, create a goal for yourself when you want to finish your current WIP and start meditating to manifest your word counts. Okay, I'd love for you guys to do this. I would love to hear your feedback for how well it goes, if you see any increases. And um, yeah, just get out there and start increasing your word counts and start forming that habit. Because if you want to be a career author and live off your writing, this is going to be a lifelong habit. You have to establish it now. And if you can establish it now, it will serve you for the rest of your career and maybe the rest of your life. So something that I very much encourage you to do and to be purposeful about it. It's the biggest mistake writers make is I want to write more. I want to write faster, but they never actually sit down and nail this down and figure out how to do it. Okay. It's kind of, like I say, it's like, saying I want to be a runner, but never actually going out to run and train. Okay, well, that's great, but you got to do the work, right? <laughs> so um, that's what I have for today. I hope this was helpful to you. And I hope some of you can use some of these concepts to, um, you know, create a more prevalent writing pattern in your life. Like I said, it will only serve you. Of course, it will serve your readers as well. But it will give you more satisfaction, I think, and more confidence in your ability to write the more that you do it. All right. So everyone have a wonderful week of writing. And if you want the PDF I talked about, it's called 10 Plot Thickening Events That Every Bestseller Includes. All it is is just my proprietary set of story beats that you can find in any best-selling story. So if you just want to read through those, try to recognize those, you can get that at bit.ly forward slash 10 plot. And I will put both of those links in the show notes. All right. I will see you guys back here next week. Have a wonderful week of storytelling. Bye me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.